Hi everybody, welcome to Cell Shade. I'm Nick. And I'm Tyler. And today we're talking about South Park. Yeah, we're going, to, it's hard with South Park, you know, to get a specific time. It's, you know, a lot of seasons. Uh, but we just were really interested in this idea of them growing up, uh, the emphasis on satire during the Trump era, and their comparison to other media at this time, uh, and how they sort of evolved as a show. Hello everyone. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about South Park. Uh, there's, uh, South Park was created in 1997, we're on the 24th season? There's <sighs> At this point, it, I've lost 24 track. seasons? <laughs> I, it's, I looked online, it's a 24 seasons. Uh -huh. So it's either we're on the 24th season or we just finished it and they're working the 25th. I don't know. Uh, but it's been on forever. And, like, honestly, when we wanted to do this episode, we didn't know what to talk about at first we're like we, you know like what do you do just like say like South Park has been raunchy or South Park has been this South Park has been that like and also you can't really cover a show that's been on for actual decades I mean like there are people mm -hmm. who were born when it came out mm -hmm. who are getting close to being able to like rent a car you know like it's I just know. it's just one of those things where it's like I mean and even us here it's not even like we're like pioneers of this show I was seven when it came out like it's not like I was watching South Park I don't think I it crossed my radar until probably like the fourth or fifth season and I think even then it was a show that I wasn't really supposed to be watching I was like my, my sisters would watch it mm -hmm. who are much older than I am and then I you know kind of sneak in and oh no yeah one of my earliest memories of just being even a person is toddling down the stairs seeing my parents watch this and telling me to go upstairs <laughs> like, and me getting and me getting upset because I'm like but that's a cartoon I can watch cartoons you. I'm three years old I can watch cartoons no you can't not this one <laughs> yeah not that one <laughs> uh, it is I mean it's yeah it's a fascinating show so we wanted to narrow the focus actually to like a more recent seasons but now it's funny because the seasons we're talking about are almost like five years they're like five years old yeah um so it's like recent but not recent mm -hmm. um i just got really fascinated by the season that came out uh we're talking mostly about seasons 20 and 21 but we're going to talk a little bit about 22 as well i have some things here that i wanted to mention and i mean really everything with this section was just so different for me as a viewer just because they had like serialized it and when I say that I mean like we had a season that was all about one thing we were building towards a mm -hmm. climax and a finale you know like it was if you missed an episode you were actually going to be confused yeah this was a very <laughs> radical change to their formula yeah because the whole thing before was very episodic was very like Star Trek uh, X-Files, mm -hmm. uh, crime procedurals like SVU and stuff all kind of operate under this market of, oh, well, you missed the last episode? It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it's the first instance where some where now when people say, like, oh, did you watch South Park last night? You actually had to be like, no, don't tell me. Yes, yeah. you know, like, because shit was going down, and it was very, I mean, I loved it just because I'm like, if you're going to be on the air for this long, you know, fuck with the formula a little bit, because why the fuck not? Mm -hmm. And, like, um, and I think even at the end, Kyle... I couldn't find the exact quote, but he says something to the effect of, like, we used to be about so many things here in South Park, and now <laughs> it seems like we're only talking about Twitter. <laughs> and it's like a whole season around Kyle's dad being a, a Twitter troll, yeah. you know, like, and all these other things spin off of that, but, you know, and it was really, it was kind of fun, and yeah, I think... In particular, when I was, like, trying to think of, like, what to talk about with this, everything kind of went back to the member berries. 
fucking member berries <laughs> in are. their pink, no, sorry, their purple, squishy. They're so wrinkly. Oh my it's God. so gross. They're just such bastards. And it's one of those things where it's such, like, just, it's so absurd and so, totally something that South Park would do. But you see what it's parodying in real life and you're just like, oh, son of a bitch. I, I Which could, is something that they do really well. I could never think of, and someone probably has come to this conclusion earlier, but the first thing that came to me was like this idea of pairing or parallel, uh, juxtaposing, that's the, that's a, that's a, a gerund I'd like, um, <laughs> juxtaposing this idea of this nostalgia craze, particularly with the Star Wars franchise being rebooted with J.J. Abrams and Make America Great Again. Now I want to clarify, I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> that liking Star Wars is akin to liking Trump, but it is like an interesting like love of the past and like a return to the past. And wouldn't it be nice if things were comforting? Uh, and I I think that they made that very clear in the show too because like there's this one part where he's like, oh, member Bionic Man, ooh yeah, I remember that, and like member Chewbacca, oh yeah, and then they start getting darker and they're like. Remember when there weren't so many Mexicans? Oh, I remember. <laughs> and they're like, remember when marriage was between one man and one woman? Oh, oh I remember. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, so then, like, <laughs> and they, it, it's weird how, like, they, like, spiral because it starts with very harmless things and then moves on. And I want to, again, clarify that I'm not saying that enjoying nostalgic media is akin to being a Trump supporter, but it is, like, interesting to make that parallel. Like, what... Is that wave of nostalgia also kind of that same sort of wave of make America great again? Are we, I want to go back to a time when more people looked like me and did things like me and the world was what I understood it to be. And I mean, that's, you know, it's a big part of why the phrase make America great again itself was problematic and Mm -hmm. still is is because it's like, for who, you know, like it's only great again for this small section uh but it was yeah it was interesting some of the other things they said were like member feeling safe member when there was an isis member reagan and you know like and it's just that idea of like oh well and a lot of the things that we're getting reboots of are from that time period of the 80s or like the reagan era where Mm -hmm. like to be white and wealthy this was like your time you know and like if you're anyone else it wasn't your time but like it was your time yeah uh and like so that's maybe why we've run back to a lot of 80s properties, Ghostbusters, uh, Star Wars, which is funny because it kind of gets associated with the 70s, but it was mostly in the 80s. Uh, I mean, the second two were the original trilogy mm-hmm. and the, uh, you know, Indiana Jones came back and like all this shit from the 80s. And, you know, people keep talking about like John Hughes movies and like stuff like that. And it makes sense that then they'd be like, remember Reagan? And it's like, but he also you know, yeah. oversaw and allowed, you know, however many number of gays to die. So it's just like this very problematic situation. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things too that like my personal takeaway from it is that the obsession with nostalgia is just wanting to just like envelop yourself in this blissful ignorance and then be a child again. But then that's like my biggest takeaway is like, because these seasons also focused a lot on the effect of social media, especially within like how you communicate and interact with others. And if you're embedding yourself in this sense of like wanting to make things good again, and that means acting like a child 
and you see it reflected in social media with people acting like children. And that's why, like, I like I don't have a Twitter. I will never have a Twitter because people on there act like fucking children. <laughs> oh, like it's out of control. Yeah. Well, I think about Kyle's dad. What's his name? I can't remember. Um, Gerald. Gerald. Um, Nick is definitely more of the South Park expert on this. I have been um, watching South Park since I was in sixth grade. I would stay up <laughs> when my parents went to bed, sneak downstairs, and <laughs> they would think I was, like, watching porn. And I'm like, no, I'm no, watching South, South Park. Park. And well, they're like, oh, no, that's worse. I was just telling them, like, I would be downloading this on iMesh to really put this in, like... What is iMesh? Exactly. <laughs> it was like when... It was like Napster. When Napster got shut down... You don't know what Napster is. Like, no. Nap- I know, I know. Napster but... was the big thing that, like, was the big, ele- like, downloading music illegally Oh, like LimeWire. I don't know what that is, so here we are. That's giving your computer such a bad virus that you just have to get a new one. Oh, no, that's not what I'm referring to. Like, because <laughs> Napster was, like, the original most famous, like, example mm-hmm. of this world, you know, like, and then, you know, it got sued out of crazy, and, like, a bunch of teenagers got in trouble for doing this, you know, and selling... Oh, they actually made fun of that on South Park once. Yes. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Like, he won't be able to buy his private islands now. <laughs> and they're just like, we're so fucking sorry. Yeah. It is also just like, yeah, it's a weird mixture of, that's all other topic. Um, I was about to get into like downloading music legally, <laughs> but that's all other thing. Um, we go on tangents here, but let's get back. Yes. But I just like, uh, Kyle's dad, uh, Gerald. Gerald, you just said... You can just say Kyle's dad. Kyle's dad. He... I, I, And I mean, warning on... I'm about... I, as a gay man, I'm about to use a gay slur, so just, like, prepare yourselves emotionally. But he's just like, isn't it fun to just, like, call people a faggot? Like, I think it's funny. Why is it not funny anymore to say that? And you're like... <laughs> you know, and, like, it, it's like, I think that that's how I feel about this whole, like... Mm-hmm make America great again, weren't the 80s amazing, weren't the 80s or even the 90s better? And I'm like, no, because what Kyle's dad said there was a thing and it was funny. And like the show is really pointing out that that's not funny anymore. Mm -hmm. And like people aren't cool with it because you're like attacking a specific group of people and that's not nice. And like, and then they kind of double down on on Kyle's dad's reaction to it with the next season. Remember the witch hunt episode? I have that in my notes. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, that's just um, a little skipping ahead. It's just South Park does this really good. They're just really good at pointing something out, but not beating it to death. Because when they point it out, I'm along for this ride of being like, okay, explain what is wrong with society right now and use humor because I can take that away and actually, like, you know, apply it and shit. And the thing with Kyle's dad is he's just such an asshole and then victimizes himself and then calls it out again in the next season. <laughs> well, yeah, and like it was just, I, I do think like going into the witch one, which is on here as well, because we're kind of skipping around where they are in the seasons, but like that whole episode is these the group of like middle aged men, mostly the dads of South Park, like these characters go out into the woods and dress up like witches and get really drunk and do coke, and then one guy. <laughs> takes it too far and is seeming to, he has created actual supernatural powers. He abducts children. He abducts children. And then so like they get all upset and they're like, there's a witch terrorizing the town and they're like, hey, not all witches, which like the the parallel is not subtle. Like, cause yeah. there's the whole hashtag, not all men. And oh like, God. there's that man. And it's like, and then someone even gets mad and they're like, I'm, 
to clarify, we're not saying the things that you're doing are wrong, but you're interrupting our conversation about this horrible thing yeah. that's happening. And like, <laughs> and it's worth noting that most, like, these there are witches who are abducting children. It's the same thing with like, you know, with like Harvey Weinstein and that whole slew, uh, Kevin Spacey, mm-hmm. all that jazz, where it's like, we're not saying all men, but we are saying there seems to be a pattern. Yeah. And like... And Kyle so, even calls it out, and he even tells his dad, we're not talking about you. And that speaks to, like, the real-life parallel where it's just these people who feel the need to pipe in are usually the ones that we're talking about. Well, and, like, getting offended <laughs> when someone isn't talking about you. It's the same thing, like, we are white men. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm not going to jump in when someone's, like, men are being awful and be like, hey, yeah. You know, like, or the same thing with, like, being white, which obviously is, you know, mm-hmm. this whole other subject. And so it's, like, I'm not going, when they're, like, well, white people do this, I'm not going to come in and be, like, hey, not all white people. You know, like, my actions will speak louder than my words. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, like, instead of just being offended, but I don't know. I just, like, in looking at that, I think that they took a topic where it could have felt very preachy, and it was just funny. Yeah. And uh, you should always... I, I just feel like if you're going to do satire, it has to still be funny. And sometimes it gets to that point where they're trying so hard not to step on any toes that it loses the funny and then no one watches it. Yeah. And then your message never gets across mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, the other episode I have as an example of that is the, I don't know what it's called, but when it's a Columbus Day episode. <laughs> I think it's just called Indigenous People or something. Yeah. Randy can't, he does no idea what indigenous means. He obviously means indignant and he keeps calling people indigenous and they're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, act indigenous. Fuck you. Yeah, keep being indigenous. Because I think it's something about like, because they're talking about like shutting down Columbus Day and he agrees and then some people are like, yeah, there have been a group of, like, indigenous protesters. And he's like, I'd be indigenous, too, instead of, like, indignant. And then people keep telling him, you're a fucking idiot. And he goes, I get that you're indigenous. Yeah. And, like, that's a good example of, like, talking about Columbus Day and how it's kind of just, like, this fucked up subject matter, but then, like, also making sure that it's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, I thought that was going towards more, like, people just essentially just like cardboard allies saying that they're behind something and they actually have no idea what they're fucking talking about. And then when you try to ask them questions, they're caught with their pants down and they have no idea. And then they just start yelling, which is what Randy does. He like doubles down on things and ends up beating a Native American person in his front, on his front lawn. And then there are definitely like, I want to clarify some aspects of that episode that I do still find problematic. But it is, like, worth noting that, like... Because that's, like, the 23andMe parodies in this mm-hmm. episode, too, right? I'm 20% victim. Yeah, where it's, like, white people figuring out that they're... They have a sliver of whatever other race or culture in them. So then, therefore, they're entitled to all those... Yeah. You know, histories where it's, like, well, no, you're not. But, like, because, I mean, like... I mean, we had done one in our family, and I, like, find out I'm a little bit Pakistani. It's not like I'm walking around being like, I'm a part of this, because I'm not, you know? Yeah, like you never experienced any I didn't grow up in that culture. People didn't treat me differently. You know, like, it just means that somewhere down the line, mm-hmm. you know, like, there was some sort of sex happening. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it doesn't mean anything towards my actual life. And, like, it's so funny when they, um, they do a parody of that, and Randy keeps licking 
the inside of that Native American man's mouth. Oh god. And then like And he loves him. He fall the he falls in love with Randy. And like I feel like some of the ways that it was done are are not great. Like I'm not like trying to like say that Selfberg never makes mistakes, mm-hmm. but I was also like it's worth noting that Randy who's trying to be at the head of this movement and then, but it's just using mm-hmm. this Native American person instead of using, instead of going to them and being like, hey, do you want me to help you get a platform? Because Randy does have a platform for whatever reason the people of this town are listening to him. And so it's like, instead of giving this person a platform, Randy keeps making himself the story, makes himself front and center. Yeah. Um, yeah, just taking credit for just like, wa- yeah, just wanting to be the center of attention. And then there's no effort to try to call out or recognize the people that you use to get to that position. Which yes. is, again, that's what I thought that episode is parodying. Is oh, no, I agree <laughs> yeah. with you. Everything you're saying, because it's just like the, it's sort of like the knee-jerk white reaction. And like, again, to clarify, I'm not like off the hook on this, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm not, but it's like. I'm going to jump in to this argument full force without any information because like I read something somewhere on the internet and when you do that, even if your intentions are good and even if what you read is solid and is meaningful Mm -hmm. and is like a good progressive, you know, think piece, if you're just going to take charge and run with it and not actually know what you're talking about, you're setting not just you up for issues, but your cause. Yeah. Actually, they actually go into a whole episode about that with the Coon and Friends where everyone gets their news from Facebook and then takes it at face value and, oh God, everything just fucking implodes. (laughs) Well, a lot of the stuff they're talking about on social media, it's weird. I feel like everyone in this country agrees of the problems of social media, but obviously they don't agree enough because if as many people who say they're mad about social media actually just got off social media, social media wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. Everyone says they're mad about it. I like, you know, like you can talk to a bunch of teenagers and be like, hey, how do you feel about this and this? And they go, oh, and they'll probably roll their eyes at you, mm-hmm. but they still are on it. Yeah. And then, you know, like, and that's at any age from the Zoomer to the Boomer. They're all on it. Like, I was able to successfully get rid of social media for six months and then got back on it to try to like capitalize and optimize my own like working network. And then I fell right back into it because obviously you, yeah, it's designed of, for that. It's designed to hook you in. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like me trying to wean myself off of YouTube and I haven't really been successful. Yeah. Like I always just, it's just the, the whole thing is naturally designed to keep you on. So it's like. YouTube has too good of a style. <laughs> and you can't beat it style. Style. You cannot block my style. <laughs> Fucking Mark Zuckerberg. You're such a penis. <laughs> um, to get on. The other track we were talking about, because I'm like skipping around my notes, but that's fine. We're just going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think it's just worth noting how like the jokes have evolved, I would say, in terms of how they're representing people. Explain. I want to, this is interesting. Uh, okay. Because like homosexuality on South Park, and I'm also just going to bring up Family Guy in this situation. I think it's both Parker and Stone have been very vocal uh, pro-gay rights for a long time because they're very libertarian in their views yes. I feel I don't know if that's still the case but they were in their in its incarnation so in, libertarians have always been very pro-gay but or at least for the most part as a party and then you have um, like Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy who was also very vocal about this and they would both kind of use satire with gay characters and so like on Family Guy you have like 
Brian's brother is probably the biggest gay character on that show, right? Like, I'm trying to think of someone else. Jasper, yeah. And it's just a bunch of stereotypes, and it doesn't really do anything. You know, like, it's weird how he's been so vocally mm-hmm. pro-gay rights, but then can't really have that translate into his work. And then uh, with South Park, it was, again, like, Mr. Garrison and Mr. Slave, which were not helpful, you know, like you have kind of a perverted elementary school teacher, which I feel like is very problematic because Mm -hmm. like I know personally elementary school teachers who are gay and out and the things that they have to fight against, you know, like because people are like, am I leaving my kid at the creep? And like Mr. Garrison was weird, you know, and like, and I'm not like kink shaming him. The stuff he was into consensually like good for him, but at the same time, like, he said weird things to those students. He was weird. He shouldn't have been doing that stuff. He wasn't a very good teacher, you know, like, and you don't have to make gay characters be perfect, but it still was not like a good representation on television. But we evolve. I feel like Tweak and Craig have been like one of the healthiest representations I've seen of gay characters on TV. Yeah. Uh, these two. These two characters who were kind of just sidelined, they were just around, Craig being a guy who flips people off every once in a while and Tweak being a highly caffeinated, spastic <laughs> individual, um, me the day before I get a haircut in terms of his hair. And like, you know, they have a weird, I won't get into how I start dating because it's not really relevant to this, but like... Hentai. They get into it. No, sorry, Yaoi. Specifically Yaoi. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's not really, Yeah. We could get into that, but it's not really relevant <laughs> to this. It's just, like, you have characters who were definitely more supportive of each other and chill and, like, kind, but I also felt like they still retained their characteristics and their quirks. Mm-hmm. They didn't, like, boring them out and be, like, sent them off to Gay Boring Island, which I feel like happens sometimes with characters on television. It's like, well, they're dating now, and we can't say anything bad about their relationship, so goodbye. Like, the episode that, in particular, I felt was very sweet was just, like, when... Tweak is freaking out about Garrison, who's, like, their Trump stand-in. <laughs> you know, threatening to bomb all these people and constantly tweeting. And Tweak, like, is freaking out. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Craig is not helping and is, saying like, trying to just make the wrong go away. And eventually they kind of work it out in a very healthy way. And yeah. it's very cute. Yeah, that, that whole relationship was incredibly, like... It's weird. Despite being children and being gay... And just, there's so many ways to stereotype and trivialize it. But they chose to do something that was incredibly complex. Because, like, that conversation can go both ways. Because it's, like, at the same time, Craig is just trying to make the problem go away. But Tweak also keeps indulging on the very thing that's making him freak out. And that's why they're butting heads. And that's a very real thing that happens, not even just in romantic relationships, but just like interpersonal relationships, let's say like at work or your friends. And they chose to use this vehicle of like Garrison being the fucking president (laughs) (laughs) to just like talk about it. And like, that's the thing is you, you, they use this comedy formula and like, parody real life events to then just so i can take away that very real lesson and i and like that season in particular was very very good just teaching us lessons about social media and like how like people can abuse it and how it can control your life and how literally just it changed the way people interact well i feel like there's something so unironic and genuine it's honestly like if i have like a list of genuine moments from the show where they weren't like trying to be snarky it wasn't like a wing towards the audience or anything like it really was just like these two characters 
trying to, in a relationship, cope with the fact that, like, a political situation that Tweek has no control over has given him debilitating anxiety. Yeah. And it's obviously, especially right after Trump was elected, is something I think everyone can relate to. I think, I mean, not like it ever got great, but I think people eventually develop certain coping mechanisms But the first couple of years, you know, and, and people are kind of freaking out, looking at their phones, talking about it all the time, and eventually... I think mental health had to become a larger part of the conversation where mm-hmm. you would say to someone like, hey, we can't, we're not going to talk about Trump. Yeah, like right I, I had fallen into every single pitfall. Yeah. And you <laughs> like, had to do it, I think families had to do it even with arguing where they're just like, let's just not talk about Trump. Yeah. We're just not going to talk about him mm-hmm. right now because it's just not going to help. And like, and that doesn't mean that we don't care about the problem, mm-hmm. but it's just an awareness. I don't know. It was very mature. We had to set that boundary because essentially what that election did was bring out like the worst in people and everyone came crawling out of the woodwork just like the whites did well that was my next thing on the <laughs> list actually I'm, okay i haven't even seen his his notes keep, i am predicting everything to you keep team. coming up with these transitions yeah. yes because i was also talking about <laughs> jokes because you had the black family right so you mm-hmm. have the uh, token black you have the 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 boy who's like in their peer group the mm-hmm. main characters tokens token black haha we get the joke um, and they're the, the black family. Yeah. And it's fine. I'm not gonna, like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't feel qualified to dive into that mm-hmm. representation. I'm sure, like, a lot of things in South Park, sometimes it's doing great, sometimes it's doing poorly. I won't dive into it just because I'm not qualified, but, mm-hmm. like, with the the whites, I that was, like, one of the biggest sides of relief of watching this show for me was because I... Again, bringing this back to Family Guy, have always gotten very annoyed that everyone's like, we're an equal opportunity with who we make fun of. And I'm like, but you're not. Because, like, you don't make fun of people who are in a position of power, racially, gender, you know, like, whatever. Like, it's not like shows are really making fun of straight people. They're not really making fun of oh, white people to an extent. I mean, like, there's little jokes, but they seem to fly right by. They're like, you like your mayonnaise, and then, like, let's just leave. Or, like, you know, and it's just not enough. And I feel like the white family that they added, so their last name is White, was such a good joke and was actually like really diving in a little bit deeper into making fun of the... Whites. Yes. Making fun of whites. Well, yeah. And this family, if people haven't watched this particular part, they need a, a, a refresher. They're the only people who are feeding, who are like... They give him finger sandwiches. Well, yeah. but So Mr. Garrison, who's Trump, <laughs> is bouncing around the town and the town's trying to get rid of him or trying to get rid of... Trump in this situation is the metaphor and the the like the whites the white family keeps like giving him food and keeping him around and they're like you have to stop it and like and they'd be like oh we could have gotten rid of him by now if it wasn't for the whites and like and they keep complaining about stuff and they're like you guys are ignoring us but the whites have been here the whole time and like you won't forget the whites and like it, it just, it was a good, like, I don't know, flip of a switch that we hadn't really seen, I hadn't really seen the show do. Uh, it was very amusing to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it's just their ability to pick up the joke first, like, before anyone, and then express it through comedy, and especially through animation. Like, I don't know any live-action sitcoms or something that would be so bold as to do something like this first. Because there's always that suspension of disbelief with animation, where it's like, you're eased into something a lot easier because you don't literally see yourself you see like pictures and cartoons and 
But that's like such a good gateway. Well, I think people have learned that like about this. Yeah. this through The Simpsons and Family Guy and South Park is that we've had is that animation is somewhat times the best way to tell people the truth, mm-hmm. and like because then it's like you, you, I don't know. I think about any live action reactions to Trump, and they all really fell flat. Yeah. Like the Will and Grace reboot. I didn't was, even watch it. It was painful, and it's hard because that's like one of my favorite shows of all time, the original incarnation. But then you had, it just was trying so hard to be this like basic white progressive sort of nonsense, and it really didn't. It didn't land. None mm-hmm. of it landed, and and not saying that South Park is all of a sudden filled with creators, uh, you know, people of color and stuff because it's not. Uh, but you. I just felt like they handled it better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think they were, they their jokes went in harder. And I think that that's what made it work. And they were making fun of progressives when they deserved to be made fun of. And I think that that helped as well. Oh, like, remember the episode where Kyle and his progressives literally murdered, like, all of Toronto? Yes. So you have, like, times where you're like, oh, we're going to go for it. And I don't, like... And, you know, obviously I don't like any argument that leans towards, like, there's bad people on both sides. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, we're not off the hook. Like, let's let's make fun of the fact that there's still privileged, progressive, reactionaries. Yeah. It's worth noting. It leads all back to, like, the main, like, through line of both seasons that we're talking about is that you have to be held accountable. Like, the whole thing about the trolling is that you're supposed to be held accountable for what you're doing. And that's just a thing that another, that social media, like, lets you go away from. Is you don't have to be held accountable because you're doing it from behind the screen. You are just being a troll. Yes. Yeah. And, and no I matter what, like... Social media has been linked through these entire seasons. Like, it was, it was sort of like a centerpiece. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially season 20 where, like, Twitter is the main theme of the whole thing. But I even feel like Twitter was just... It's sort of, like, the arena of it. Yeah. You know, like, it, it... They had all these other issues that they brought up, and Twitter is just where they where they went down. I know this wasn't the seasons that we were focusing on, but I just wanted to talk about the school shooting thing. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it's just so, like... Oh, God. I also thought that this was one of the best ways to, like, talk about school shootings in a way where it's, like, the humor derives from the tragedy and, like... It basically, they set it up. Why don't you describe it? Because I think you understand better. So the episode, the first episode of the seasons after these two is called Dead Kids. And it's literally talking about just that, where it opens with a school shooting and Sharon, Stan's mom, is the only one who seems to give a shit. Because this is just such a big reflection on real life. We have been just bombarded with all this news everywhere about school shooting after like mall shooting after grocery store shooting to the point where it doesn't phase anyone anymore. They just kind of look at the phone and shrug off. Yeah. And Karen, I'm not sorry, not Karen. Sharon is the only one who is still trying her hardest to feel something. And everyone has just gotten past that point because they're just, it just, to them, it's just like, Oh, it's another one. Well, they think she's insane, so she keeps being like, there was a school shooting, are you okay? Is everything all right, Stan? And he's like, what? Oh, about the test? Oh, well, yeah, I had a test, and I got a C. I'm paraphrasing. And then there was a school shooting, and the dad's like, you got a C. Yeah. You know, like, it's going back to He literally, at the end of the episode, has a bullet in his arm. Yeah, and like... And it's just like, I failed a math test. It's like, there was a shooting at school, Stan, was it you? Like, he acts more like it was, there was a fight that broke out. You know, like, and it's so funny, though, because, like, everyone keeps, 
looking at her like, what? As she's reacting very normally. And there, I don't know. I think that was like one of the better examples of like a satire, Mm -hmm. you know, to have like, we're going to talk about school shootings and in a way that did genuinely make me laugh, but it wasn't making fun of people who are going through it. You know, it was, it was just sort of reflecting. I don't even want to say it was making fun of anything or anyone. It was reflecting on our culture of how we have gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just was looking at an article. There was a school shooting not that long ago, and I don't think anyone even heard about it. Um, there was? <laughs> yeah, no one died, which okay. is good. But I feel like that used to make news. Yeah. Because uh, that was just... But people were shot. That was the whole know? thing. Because like, she even said, like, she, she said, I want you guys to feel sad. And then their reaction was like, but this is a constant. We're going to feel sad all the time then. Like, we can't... We, we can't. And then they all just, like, turn on her and then walk away. Because it's just, again, reflective of the constant bombardment. This happens all the time now. Yeah. And, yeah, again, South Park is just such... They're so good at pointing out, pointing this out and letting us deal with it in our own way. Kind of like how... Honestly, it's almost like South Park is our Craig and we're the tweak. Where we have to deal with stuff in our own way and they're kind of letting us do that. Well, they've always been very famous for, like, ripping into both, like, progressive and conservative yeah. arguments and ideas, right? they hate everybody. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so, like, they've been really pushing it. I would argue that their earlier seasons were much more conservative. Mm-hmm. It's still hilarious. But they were much more conservative, and I think that as time has gone on, they've become much more progressive. But I don't... I think that's just because the world is changing around them, though, and... I don't think they're reacting to like a piece of demographic, but I feel like they're growing and learning more. But also the conservative party that they might have been okay with being associated with in 1997, 1998, they're not as cool with being associated with now. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't want to be associated with Republicans yeah. anymore. And maybe they're okay with losing that audience even. They are okay with it. Because... And I don't think any audience, I don't think Republicans stop watching things because of people making fun of them. If that was the case, these shows that do that would never do well. I mean, SNL, their best ratings are always during election season, and they're always ripping into Republicans. Yeah. So, clearly, it it doesn't hurt your market, you know? Like, they're making lots of money. It's not like people stop watching SNL because it's too progressive. They actually stop watching when... It, they're not ripping into people enough. It brings up like this strange topic that I've heard in on like sets that I've worked on where everyone says we don't want to get too political as if taking a stance is going to make you lose an audience and South Park has just proven that wrong where like they started taking a stance on things and being like, no, this is the side that we're going with. Yeah. And... Like we're talking about, like we're like we're literally taking time to talk about these seasons because they meant something to us and they brought us in. Like you're not going to alienate someone. Essentially, what you're going to do is bring in like a new group of people and really solidify them as fans. Well, they matured. I think the show matured. Yeah, and I think they still did a good job of having like stupid jokes i mean obviously it's still out there but like like ike snapping open a turd and sniffing yeah exactly like it's still following garrison still some lovely poop jokes and stuff yeah oh and hanky we should probably talk about hanky getting canceled oh i don't even know if that's on any season that 
it's not any of the seasons we're talking about, but I feel like it's worth noting that because Hanky is the joke about Roseanne. Roseanne. Yeah, I just had some ambient, and apparently racism is a side. Because Hanky is the Christmas poop. He's like a he's an anthropomorphic. I loved him. Turd. He was such a fun character. Like and how stupid. They basically like he keeps though he's like a public figure in the town, but he keeps like getting on Twitter and saying very inappropriate things and very offensive things to the point that eventually they send him away and they're like, you can't be here anymore. We've grown out of you. But I also felt like that was the writer saying they'd grown out of Mr. Hankey. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd grown out of that kind of joke. And they were like, well, you're gone now. Yeah. We don't... And I, I don't think he's been back. He has and, not. He is officially gone. The same thing with, like, Principal Victoria being replaced by PC Principal. Yeah, it's like just, they just... They grew out of Mr. Hankey and the show even said that they're like, it's just... It's time. And I think the show's been very self-reflective because, mm-hmm. like, that's why Kyle had that joke about South Park used to be about this and this and this and now it's about this. And I'm like... Because they grew up. I mean, the writers have grown up. But, I mean, wouldn't you want your show to evolve if you're on for, you know, a quarter of a century? Like, eventually you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to just keep goofing off in the same way. I want to... And not that there was anything wrong with that before, but it's like, we can grow. Yeah. That is the thing, is you always have to keep growing and evolving. Because I know some people refer to other shows and be like, oh, these are the golden years, and like these are the best years. I don't know when South Park's best years are, because I love every episode. I mean, and we were talking this, about this a little bit. I feel like most people would say like season four, five, six are when... Because that's like, season five is like when... That's the Scott Tennerman episode, which yeah. is widely regarded as the most famous. I fucking famous. love that episode where he kills the guy's parents. But yeah, it's God, like, it's just the level of absurdity. Because yeah. that was the thing. Is well, they used to just what be... was like the Passion of the Christ episode? I think um, that was 2004. Because there, I remember him okay, saying, so and now in 2004 we can apologize for the death of Jesus. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, so there's like, because there's those ones where I felt like we were, I don't know, so we like 4 through 10 or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like people were really into yeah. that. And I felt like I just never heard of them south park for a while and then this stuff started happening so i started rewatching, and i was like this is nice actually yeah <laughs> there's something oddly comforting about this show just being like isn't this fucking shitty like let's talk about it but also like let's still make you laugh and let's not just a lot of the like live action sitcoms will just bum you the fuck out about mm-hmm. it and you're like i don't want to be the thing about the live action sitcoms too is that these characters they are real people. You can't really show them growing and evolving without having them literally age. And so to see that like in the realm of animation where you can actually have someone stay the same age, because like technically in the first seasons, Kyle, Cartman, and the gang, they were all born in 1990 and they were eight when it came out. And now you can kind of say they were born in 2012. I even feel like they have grown though i feel like we're in an alternate reality because obviously they haven't physically grown well that's the thing is like they've grown despite staying yeah like psychologically and emotionally i think that they have they act more mature and adult now than they did in the 90s and that's a luxury that animation has and can play with that that live action shows cannot do like i almost just think because i feel like they act more like they're in high school now yeah so again they're, they're aging slowly Mm -hmm. but they are still like they have like girlfriends and boyfriends and 
seem to like when like when Cartman's acting like a shit, they're like just knock it off or like roll your eyes, you know, like as opposed to when they were younger, I feel like as a group they got into more shenanigans and now they don't really and they seem to they seem to be much more like thoughtful. They called that out once where they said like we don't do anything together anymore. Because yeah. they've all they've all taken on personalities of their own and just went their separate ways. And then the plot devices will bring them together, but they themselves don't bring each other together anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They're it brought is... together by circumstance rather than their own friendship. Because they grew up. In a way. And in a way they grew up and that's yeah. what happens when you grow up. You're not around your friends all the time and mm -hmm. like yeah. Despite the fact that they all started out eight, we all saw them turn nine, and Stan is now the oldest one at ten years old. You just have to, there's a huge, just like, not even suspension of disbelief, but like just an acceptance of like, mm -hmm. we are doing our own thing. Uh, and I don't think anyone who watches South Park gives a flying fuck about what's happening. It's like oh a family God. guy. I mean, you know, Stewie's been a baby for the last... 20 years. Yeah, so it's like, oh, whatever. Okay, well, what was the biggest takeaway that you had from the season then? The biggest takeaway I have from this group of episodes is that I want more Kenny. Uh, I miss Kenny. I love Kenny. I like that he's a good big brother. Mm -hmm. I like that he can talk when the thing's off of him when he has like a voice modulator. <laughs> But when the hood's on, he can't. But when he's... Who's the, his superhero with the question? Mysterion. Mysterion. I love Mysterion. And I like that he's just nice. And he's there for his sister. And um, I love Kenny. Yeah. I have since I was really little. I had a little... Uh, you could buy these little tiny IDs mm -hmm. of the South Park characters when I was <laughs> in Colorado, of all places. I Yay. got it in Colorado. And I got one of Kenny as a child because I really liked him. What and I want more do. of is, like, I don't know what it is. I just like the fact that this show calls me out on all of my shortcomings and all my shit. And then I have to just take that moment to just sit and be like, I'm being an asshole. <laughs> and then grow as a person. And then they can call it out again the next episode. And I'm constantly being challenged and constantly trying to grow. And I owe a lot of, of it to, like this show which sounds weird is that why you act like this yes this is why i act like this because <laughs> you're like i'm growing as a person and then you like take your poop and run around with it and i'm like we said we wouldn't talk about that that well now they know i'm cutting that it's part. on the internet no you can't <sighs> legally okay all right well, thank so, you for listening folks yeah so this has been cell shade join us next time where we're going to get into the world of pokemon Oh, I'm so excited for that.